0: Introverted noise Hurry oh, yeah, up, daddy let's do it up
1: to the right 5 seconds to go in the first half dante fires deep to the left moss caught it at the 11 but now he finds oh, it to oh Williams! My. touchdown you got a big
0: All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Climbing the Pocket podcast. I am your host, Jason Brown. You can find me on Twitter at BrownJason. And we're rolling a little light today. Uh, QB1 had some things to do related to the real football. Prince is just late, so I am here with wide receiver one, Miles Gorham, and family to uh, to give you uh, all that wonderful Vikings analysis that you uh, have come to know and love from us. Miles, my man, how you doing? How you been? What's up? I'm good. How you, how you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Doing all right. Well, let's hop to it. I know you got a little bit of time pressure today, and uh, I'm going to put you on the hot seat to start things out right away.
1: Wait about Prince?
0: No, no, no. I mean,
1: we beefing I, now.
0: Yeah, we definitely are beefing. Always, 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 always. So I'm going to put you on the hot seat. And if Prince ever shows up, he can go on the same one. But, you know, after the game, and, you know, let the listeners behind the curtain a little bit, we have a, you know, a climbing the pocket. Group chat that is, uh, everyone who, who contributes to the, to this, to the station is in there. And, uh, you know, you and Prince kind of set off a little bit of a back and forth as you started to, to dissect and talk about Kirk Cousins and his performance and things. And, you know, one of the things that stood out, Flip had a pretty funny line, uh, basically quoting Sir Mix a lot saying that you like big butts when it comes to, uh, to old Kirk Cousins there. So with all that said, help me out. Where are you at? With Kirk Cousins and this whole thing, are you ready to give him some credit? Because I know that you know you, you had some nice things to say, but it always felt like you were there was a butt coming after it, or you were couching it, or you weren't all in yet. So after this amazing game, followed up the, the great game that he uh, they had against the Giants, where are you at with Kirk Cousins? Are you bought in? Have the Vikings turned a corner? Where are we at, man?
1: Yeah, I mean, so it's hard to it's hard to say one way or the other. Obviously, you got to give him credit for the last two games; he's played really well. Has, has been uh, fairly mistake free which is a big thing for for Kirk in general even when the Vikings have played well, there's usually a turnover there's usually a, a really bad throw a bad mistake that he makes um, uh, in a lot of those games even when the Vikings are are winning so I, I haven't really seen that in the last two games. Obviously he had a pick against the Eagles that was not on, <laughs> was not his fault um it was obviously off of went off of Diggs face mask which you don't really see ever. So we had two drops by Diggs, which is a a rare commodity. So um, to me, I I believe that this game against the Eagles was his best game, obviously as a Viking, but um, possibly his career. Uh, He just, to me, like you see some of the throws he made, some of the opportunities and willingness to take shots. Obviously, some of these uh, throws are wide open throws, but it's the fact that he's rolling out and and looking downfield right away, which we haven't seen at least, especially this season, you haven't seen a lot of that, him looking downfield before progressing down and um, his progression. So seeing him be aggressive, taking shots and, and opportunities um, is what I really like to see. But to me, where I know that Kirk is really feeling himself right now, and I, I think what we talked about, edgy Kirk, um, I finally am going to give him a little bit of credit because I've, I feel like he's actually playing with a little bit of an edge in a positive way, was Fourth and five, this clips all over Twitter too. Fourth and five, Kirk's rolling to his left, and he squares up. He's got a, a, a rusher coming at it, coming at him, and he squares up. And instead of throwing the ball away, he throws a, a missile to the sideline 15 yards downfield to none other than Laquan Treadwell. <laughs> and to me, I, I've seen some people say, oh, he's trying to throw that away. He wasn't trying to throw that ball away. He was trying to throw it to Laquan to see if he get a first down. And if he doesn't get it, he doesn't get it. It's out of bounds or whatever. But the throw was a dime, um, to see Kirk be aggressive with a guy in his face and make a throw like that. To me, that that just tells me that he's feeling himself. He's, he's confident. He's at this, he's at a, at a level right now that obviously you want to see it progress and you want to see him sustain it. Um, but I'm a little bit more optimistic than I was a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I don't believe he's going to fall flat out on his face at some point this season again because it's a very possible uh, – uh, it's, it's a possibility. And a, um, at this point in his career and what we've seen, we've seen him go through stre- stretches where he plays really well. Um, so to say that I'm – I believe that he, he'll keep this train rolling, I don't know. But I'm going to sit here and tell you that I'm optimistic. Um, when Kirk plays edgy like this way and, and is locked in the way he was, uh, against the Giants and against the Eagles he's a really freaking good quarterback and that's the first time I think I've said that in a long time <laughs> but it's true like when when he when he's playing the way he is right now he's 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 balling and I want I just want to see him continue that and um, stay consistent and sustain the success so
0: one of the things there, and one of the things that a lot of people have called out about Kirk Cousins, that he's going to run through. He's a professional quarterback, is kind of what you would say is Kirk Cousins, and that however the progression is is drawn up, however the offense is supposed to function, that's what Kirk Cousins is going to give you. He's going to go through his progressions. And so um, how much of this new aggressive Kirk Cousins that we saw is a shift from Kirk, and how much of it is a shift in philosophy from Bill Stefanski and company, where Maybe now the first progression is for him to take a look downfield at Diggs and then maybe find Thielen a little bit later on. Like, how do you balance out or parse out what of it you're seeing from Kirk in terms of him being aggressive versus, you know, the coaches uh, finally deciding to maybe funnel a bit more of the offense through Stefan Diggs and the uh, the high value routes that he's running?
1: Well, I mean, you look back at some of the tape from earlier in the season, they're having Diggs run some deep routes. Um, Kirk's what yards per attempt is pretty high right now just because of uh, some of these games and um, some of the crossing routes and mess routes that they run and their concepts and off-play action. Um, it ups his you know yards per attempt and all that stuff like that, but um, I believe it was more of getting Kirk to buy into this aggressive mentality while also saying hey, you have a guy in, in Stefan Diggs that He like look at all these routes he wins on a consistent basis. He's a playmaker. He's our deep threat. Adam Thielen's the guy that's going to eat underneath, which is a good thing. I like that uh the kind of one two punch there. Not that Adam Thielen can't win downfield, but Stephon Diggs is a little bit more of that playmaker, stretch the field type of receiver where you let Adam Thielen run from the slot, um, work inside and out and uh work the middle of the field, all that good stuff. Um it's that one two punch that we, we've all been wanting to see, and the last couple of games you've kind of gotten, gotten a little bit of um, touch in that. But I also believe that Kubfansky, Stefansky, and Gary Kubiak have done a little bit better of a job of um, allowing Kirk his first read to be a downfield and then work his way down um, from you know his first read being a downfield shot rather than it being an intermediate and working off. Because we've seen Kirk struggle a little bit coming off his first and second read to hit a third a third read that might be downfield open. Um so I think they're like, hey, we're gonna plan this to, to be an aggressive mentality and and I think that just plays into into that uh your the QB's reads. So like instead of it being like a like on Diggs's post route, Diggs was obviously the first read on that route. And then I'm I'm assuming Kirk saw that pre snap a little bit too, but you could tell that Diggs was that first read. And if Diggs isn't there, then he's gonna come he's gonna work his way back down the field. So it's nice to see that. I just like the creativity overall of the of the offense because it's not just Dalvin Cook and the run game is still it's still heavily involved, but like we talked about, I think it was last week or the week before, get Kirk into a rhythm. Getting Kirk into a rhythm is a thing, like Kirk's not that type of quarterback where he can go the first quarter of a game and he's only thrown a couple passes and he's expected to later on throw 15 to 20 more passes and, and get into a rhythm late in the game. Um, if the game's close or whatever you're down or whatever that, that situation is, he's the kind of guy, if he gets into a rhythm, gets involved in the pass game early, uh, which is crazy for to say about a quarterback, but it's true. He gets in that rhythm. He starts feeling it a little bit. To me, that just helps everybody because you need your quarterback to be that centerpiece of the offense and then you sprinkle in your run game because you know the outside zone runs gonna it's gonna be effective even against a team like the Eagles who's really who are really good against the run they were still able to find chunk plays on the ground that it's really it's really good to see that hey they did this against a good team so that tells you that the run game is gonna be effective all the time but you need that pass game to be to be efficient and effective and aggressive um, to make sure that the offense and the defense stays um it kind of makes them less aggressive as well, because they, they don't know where to hit you from, because you could do a little bit of everything. Before, and you could see in the game, the Eagles were playing the run basically 90% of the time. They said, hey, Kirk, go ahead and try to beat us. And the Vikings said, all right, but we'll, we'll do that. And they did.
0: Which is which is a but crazy anything. thing. Which is a crazy thing for any team in, in the NFL in this. I mean, I get right. the teams don't really trust Kirk Cousins that, you know, they're hoping that maybe he'll make that those mistakes. But given the coverage limitations that the Eagles had, the fact that they went out and were like, we want Kirk Cousins to beat right. us. Like you're looking at these plays, and and I know it's been a little while since you got out there, but I feel like you might have been able to run past Russell Douglas on a couple of them. Like, I just really don't know what was happening with some of these coverage schemes. Like it was just busted coverage after busted coverage after busted oh coverage. God. But you brought up the run game because I think what this was for those of us who who lean more towards maybe the the new age or the analytics or whatever it might be, this is one of those games in which you know, the run game didn't get going. If you look at, you know, the expected points added for the run over the course of the entire game, it was negative. And we were still able to blow out this team, which is one of the things that I found most impressive, which is also one of those reasons when people are like, ooh, Alexander Madison had yards. He's worth the pick. It's like, he really didn't do anything to help us win the game, per se. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he helped us bleed the clock. Sure. Great. But right. like Stefan Diggs and Kirk Cousins are the reason we won the game. So yeah, for real. Yep. Oh, no, well. Uh nope nope I thought but, I thought Prince made it in but you know <laughs> not only is he he tardy but
1: he's uh, apparently dialing in from a dial up again. Uh, <laughs> but to, real quick, let we'll talk about it. Um, like when you funnel the offense, and I think I've talked about this, I think at at nauseum because to me you have two dogs in Adam Thielen and Stefan takes two guys that they want they want the ball they want to be involved in the offense because they they have that mentality they have that alpha dog mentality, which is a great thing to have at, re- at the receiver position because, that, I mean, you should have that as, re- as a receiver in the NFL uh, at, to, pl- to be able to play at the level that they are. Um, getting those guys involved early, it gets it doesn't just get Kirk into a rhythm. It gets them involved in the game. So when they're running routes in the third and fourth quarter, they don't feel like it's just going to be about it's them wasting their time. It's not a, I'm going to run this empty route. Um, you're going to be a little bit more, and this is totally selfish in a way, but I can promise you, it's it's a it's a real thing. Sometimes you're running a route like, and your route, and you know it's just supposed just supposed to be a clear out route because your guy, you have you're clearing out you, the defender that's against you, so that a guy can come across the field and get into a, a window that's going to come wide open because of you clearing out the defender that in the zone that you're in. Sometimes you're not going to run that route as aggressively because you just feel like it's been all you've done all game. It it feels like the offense hasn't really done anything to help you, so why do you want to help it in a sense? Yeah, I I understand it's like a selfish mentality, but at the same time, it's kind of one of those things. Get your guys bought in early, and I promise you it's going to pay dividends later in the game because then they're going to want to help everybody because they're like, all right, I'm involved. I'm helping this team win, or I'm helping this team move the chains. It's just a mentality thing. It wears on you when you run so many routes and and you're not getting thrown the ball. It wears on you. So getting your two two best players involved early, I can promise you, is really important. It's a really important thing for this offense. No doubt.
0: Well, let's uh, go ahead and uh, we'll take a quick break here and get the uh, tardy, sexy prince up in here so we can get some of his takes on the game before we go and we uh, we talk about the next one. So uh, listeners, stick with us. We will be right back. Alright, well I lied. I said it was going to be Saxy Prince coming up to share his takes after the break, but um, unfortunately due to some technical issues, we have yet to be able to recover Saxy Prince's audio. And uh, yeah, so we're gonna release this uh, this episode for now with uh, with Miles, and then as soon as we get Saxy Prince's audio up and ready, we will be releasing that as its own standalone episode later on today. So that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed Miles breaking down his thoughts on Kirk Cousins. Come back and uh, join us a little bit later on to uh, to hear Saxy Prince break down uh, his thoughts on, uh, on Kirk and Kirk's development and then also uh, our preview of the uh, Detroit Lions game. So uh, that's it for this episode. Thanks for sticking with us. As always, we will talk to you soon. Have a good one.